In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. There's a beautiful Baroque chapel dating back to the 1600s at our Institute Seminary near Florence, Italy. And above the marble altar, there stands a centuries-old, nearly life-size, white ceramic statue of St. Paul. And the apostle is holding open a book in which it is clearly written for all to see these words from Galatians, which conclude today's epistle reading. They who are Christ have crucified their flesh with its vices and concupiscence. As seminarians who frequently saw the statue, we often meditated on these words over the many years of our priestly formation. Concupiscence here means the desire for ease, comfort, and pleasure, which has become selfish and disordered within us because our human nature was wounded by original sin. Concupiscence leads us to laziness, procrastination, and self-seeking, not to mention curiosity, intemperance, and impurity. Like too much junk food ruins the appetite of our body, which suffers from malnutrition as a result, so does concupiscence ruin our mind's appetite for true and good knowledge. Concupiscence also undermines our will's appetite for loving things which are truly good for us. For example, we might acquire vain and unnecessary material goods because we love our own ease and or because we love the attention these goods will help us get from others. Or curiosity can lead us to participate in gossip about others because this negativity makes us feel better about our own mediocrity. If we simply allow these and many other unhealthy and unholy concupiscences to grow unchecked within us like bad weeds, well then they will develop and grow into big bad habits of sin called vice. Indeed, how many persons and families have suffered because intemperance was allowed to grow into addiction, because vanity was allowed to grow bigger and bigger into greed, because laziness and prayer led to complete religious indifference. Well, today, St. Paul urges us to wake up and to crucify this concupiscence within us. To crucify that concupiscence within us. Crucify, that's a strong word, especially in the ancient world. It means putting to death our own selfish desires. It means cutting out of our lives whatever prevents us from imitating Jesus carrying his cross. Crucifying our concupiscence means choosing to do our duty over our pleasure. It means putting true priorities over self-centered ones. Crucifying concupiscence means putting down our phone and picking up a spiritual book. 
It means laying aside our evening entertainment only after we have prayed the family rosary first. Crucifying concupiscence means abstaining from purchasing that item I really don't need and looking at how I could help someone rather than only seeking how this person can be useful to me. Crucifying concupiscence means having a reasonable discipline for going to bed and to getting up on time. It means being more courteous to others. Please and thank you. I'm sorry. Crucifying concupiscence means abstinence from the superfluous and moderating our appetite in good things so that we refrain from taking that second helping of food. We refrain from having yet another drink. Let's beware of the temptation to see this as something negative. Or let's not view such practices as merely common sense things we can do to feel good about ourselves. No, crucifying our concupiscence is so much more than that. It helps us to grow in the love of Jesus. It helps remove the obstacles which prevent us from carrying our crosses in imitation of Christ. As we grow in charity, we form good habits which allow us to enjoy in freedom the fruits of the Spirit St. Paul enumerates today. Fruits of the Spirit such as joy and peace. Indeed, bad habits are more likely to disappear from our lives if we cultivate good habits of charity to take their place. For example, talking with someone who really needs to hear from me. This keeps me from gossiping chatter with the same old usual suspects. Contemplating, complimenting someone, complimenting him, or thanking him for something I take for granted. This keeps me from complaining to this person about the same old thing as I've done many times before. Let's strike up a healthy conversation with someone we don't know too well, instead of merely judging that person on our own limited knowledge or prideful bias against him. Crucifying our concupiscence will be much more effective if we aim for a particular good habit to take the place of a bad one. So, dear friends, during this month dedicated to the Holy Cross, we have a fresh opportunity to take up our own daily crosses to follow our Lord to the victory of his passion and resurrection. So this month of September, let's identify one bad habit which has a hold on us, one unhealthy desire which controls us more than we control it. And during these next several weeks, Let's pray for God's help to formulate a strategy to crucify this habit and to put a good habit in its place. We can discover good ideas for this strategy in the writings of St. Francis de Sales, such as his introduction to the devout life and the collections of St. Francis de Sales' letters of spiritual direction 
which you can easily find online. Perhaps it might be healthy to do a family resolution together, that we work to take out one bad habit and to put a good habit in its place that will benefit the whole family. Just a suggestion. But our strategy will only be effective if we pray, and if we pray more consistently for God's grace. Morning prayer will help us not to get discouraged by our past failures. But morning prayer will help us to begin again each day with new eagerness and fresh resolution in God's service. Indeed, we can count on God to give us all the help we need. Providence will always provide in full measure, as Christ tells us in today's gospel. Our Lord has given us Holy Mother Church to distribute the graces he obtained for us on Mount Calvary through his sacrifice on the cross. And among those many graces coming to us from the church, let us give thanks to God for providing us with so many blessings here in Northwest Indiana over the years of our oratory apostolate. Let us be grateful to Canon Hugerworth for his priestly service and all that he has done to enrich our souls these past four years. Think of the many masses Canon has offered for us in various churches, how he has worked extra hard to pack and to bring all of the necessary items for the liturgy of Holy Week and feast days. Remember his many confessions, including those outdoor confessions on those windy spring days during COVID in 2020. Recall the graces of so many baptisms, weddings, anointings, and sacramentals, not to mention those edifying processions as well. Canon's sermons have instructed us, just as his words of guidance have enlightened and encouraged us when we needed it. Through his priesthood, Canon Hugerworth has helped us in many ways to become better disciples of our crucified Lord. So thank you, dear Canon Hugelwerf, for your sacrifices. Thank you for your faithfulness these past four years. May God help, guide, and grant you his joy in your new assignment. And just as we are grateful to God for Canon Hugelwerf, let us also be thankful that God is providing us with yet another priest, Canon Zignego. Canon Zignego will continue this priestly work of channeling the grace of God to us. Canon Zignego will bring his own fresh insight, energy, and experience for the benefit of souls, as he has already been doing through his somewhat regular presence here. And he's quite busy there in the back hearing confessions as well today. So you can be assured of a healthy continuity and what the Institute can provide for you here with Canon Zignego and also Abby Raymond Schmidt. Given the wanderings and the limitations we have all experienced here in recent years, Providence will never fail to provide us with extraordinary graces, the extraordinary graces we need for our families and for the fulfillment of our vocation and the duties of our state and life. Providence will always provide, but it is up to us to do our part. We must cooperate more fully with God. We must try harder to carry our daily cross 
and the footsteps of our crucified Lord. And we must help each other more to do that. We are all a spiritual family helping each other forward on the journey home to heaven. So let us then take full advantage of this September opportunity. Let's crucify one bad habit this month and let's supplant it with a good habit in its place. If now we follow Christ as sons and daughters of his holy cross here on earth, then Christ will lead us all together to final victory in heaven, where he will give us a share in the glory and the joy of his resurrection forevermore. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.